Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors and everybody who put together this Christmas Eve production. We're so glad that you're with us today, especially here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us inside of our auditorium in person, or maybe you're watching online, uh, we're so glad that you're here. I always invite our guests to come back at least three times, and uh, my hope is that you would do that and come back on a weekend service. We're, we're in Christmas Eve, so this is a little unique and a little different, and I'm just so proud as a pastor uh, of this church church, and uh, my wife and I have the honor of leading uh, all of these people who uh, came and, and practiced, and uh, man, they planned and prepared, and uh, will you do me a favor and just celebrate all those that are part of our Christmas production for you guys? Come on, really make some noise and let them know we love them. Um, it's a good thing I'm not up here singing or dancing or doing any of that stuff. You, you want me to barely preach, I'm telling you. And the, the less I do, the, the better it is. And, uh, and so I'm so glad that you're here with us today. You are in sitting in the fourth uh, service that we've had today. And we've had great services. We've had people in here all throughout the day. And so glad that you're here and making with us. Maybe you're watching online. And um, here's what I know. Anytime we uh, open up the Word of God, anytime we have church, anytime we talk about Jesus, there's an opportunity uh, for people to meet Him. And I never come up on this platform and take it for granted. And so I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, I want you guys to take it seriously as well. I mean, we have so many people watching online. We have hundreds every weekend who watch online from all around the world. And I can only imagine on Christmas Eve, sometimes people need uh, a little bit more than they maybe normally wouldn't. Uh, maybe in another time of the year. And so thank you for being here. We're going to be in here really quick. My gift to you for Christmas from the pastor is to give you a quick message. Amen. And so, yeah, everybody's like, all the guests are like, come on, get this over with, Pastor. Let me, I'm trying to eat tonight. And so that's my gift to you. It will happen. Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're going to be today. We are wrapping up a series called He Shall Be Called. Here at Rise, we teach in what's called sermon series format. So I pick a topic, and then I'll teach about it for a few weeks. And we've been talking about a specific book in the Bible um, that's called Isaiah. It was written after a prophet named Isaiah, who was a prophet during the latter half of the kingdom of Israel and the Jerusalem uh, is reign, kind of latter half in that se season of their life. And he predicted, he prophesied that the kingdom would be overtaken by uh, a foreign adversary, but that the kingdom would be rebuilt and there would be a new king that would come and establish a new kingdom inside of Jerusalem. And he called him four things. He said he's going to be called four different names. And we've been lock, well, walking that out. In the first week, uh, we learned well, that he was called Wonderful Counselor. In fact, I'm going to read it for you in Isaiah chapter 9. It says this, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called. Here's our four names. He says his name is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then today we're going to wrap it up with Prince of Peace. I was reading it uh, a few weeks back, preparing for the Christmas Eve message. I thought it was interesting. The, the, the service or, or the, the, the verse starts off, For unto us a child is born. And it made me think, what was it like when Jesus was born? What was the world like? Why would God send Jesus? I mean, he could do it. Think about it. He could do it at any time in history. Why would he choose then? What was the world like when Jesus was born. Historically, you can look back at Alexander the Great around 300 BC. It started conquering the known world and inside of it, the region of Judea. Jerusalem was inside of that. And when he conquered that area, he brought in Greek and Hellenistic cultures and viewpoints and ideas and brought them in and it merged the cultures together. Went from first century Hebrew teachings and culture to now a foreign culture that is now permeated into the world. Even as Rome took over in 60 BC, they 
They reaffirmed and reestablished all of these things, and it brought together really a world of crisis. I'll give you an example. Um, politically, there was upheaval. There was a king that was put in that was kind of a weird king and had mental instability. I mean, almost to the, so much to the point where he was murdering his own family. In fact, when he found out Jesus was going to be born, he started having baby boys murdered inside of the city of Jerusalem. I mean, this guy was not a good leader for that area. And politically, there were so much upheaval. It was, it was turning into a crisis. There were health issues during that time. Much disease was running rampant. In fact, if you look at the life of Jesus inside of the New Testament, you see one disease popping up all the time. Leprosy would walk around and he would heal it just to prove and show that people to people that he was who he said he was and could do what he said he could do. Economically, there was financial problems. People weren't making enough money. There was many uh, uh, financial issues. There was corruption within the system. There were uh, people, uh, people groups of, of different ethnicities and races, of different genders. I mean, uh, women and children were devalued. And maybe the worst issue that was going on at the time religiously you saw the hebrew culture of believing one god yeshua that they worshiped their whole lives to now the greek gods coming in and then becoming a polyistic polytheistic viewpoint inside of the world they live in. i'm telling you every historian could look at that and go that the world was an absolute crisis the interesting thing to me though as i look back on that time is it doesn't sound much different than it does now no one, I'm sure most people would probably look back on the year 2020 and say, I'd like that to be gone forever. Talk about a year of crisis. You want to talk about economics. You want to talk about politics. You want to talk about racial problems. You want to talk about health care issues. Come on. We have all those things and more. And Isaiah says that God would send Jesus to become our our Prince of Peace. I like what the writer of Ecclesiastes says in chapter 1, verse 9. He says, what has been done will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So the question you have to ask yourself, if you're reading the Bible and you look at it, you say, okay, so there was crisis then in the world. There's crisis in our world now. And I, I read the Bible. It gets worse, unfortunately. So there's going to be crisis in the future. It should lead you to ask yourself this question introspectively. Where do you get your peace? In all of that, where do you get your peace? Think about this here. Where have you gotten your peace from? Where have you tried to look to to get your peace? Some of you are like, I need a new job that'll give me peace. Some of you say, if I just made more money, I'd have some peace. And then you got the money and you realized that wasn't it. Some of you thought that if I just get healthy and if I just have this issue taken away from me, if I just lived against it with this neighbor, if I just got into this neighborhood, if I just had this car, if you looked at so many things. Some of you even found vices and addictions and find and did everything you could. You said, look, if I just get this, man, then maybe my peace was going to come. But you realized it didn't come. And you need to ask yourself this question. If their future conflict is on the horizon, where do you get your peace? About 13 years ago, before my wife and I had kids, we had just gotten married, and my pastor had called me up and asked me to do him a favor. Now, anytime your pastor calls you up and asks you to do a favor, you just know it's, it's probably going to be big. So if I ever call you and ask you for a favor, something's going to happen. And he asked me, and he said, hey, will you come over and watch my brand new baby girl, Lainey Grace? We want to take our first date since we've had the kid. We'd love for you to come watch him. You get an idea of what it's like to have a kid. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. I didn't know what I was talking about. I hadn't had kids yet, so I told my wife, we went over to his house, and they handed me Laney Grace, and they walked out. 
And for five minutes, that baby and I were best friends. Five minutes later, I, something happened and she started crying. And it was cute for, you know, a little bit because, you know, little brand new babies when they cry, it's so cute. And then after a little bit, you're like, all right, it's enough now. Where's the off button? All right, that's enough. Stop, please. And the volume on the baby just seemed to go higher and higher and higher to the point where now it was so loud, I started to have a little bit of a panic attack. You know what I'm talking, you know, where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this. What's going to. So I tried everything. I started to go through the laundry list of ideas of what I thought would be helpful to keep this kid from crying. So I thought, let's feed the baby. I fed her. It didn't work. We thought, let's clean the baby. Let's take her bath. We'll keep clean. We'll change her diaper. That didn't work. I thought, let's take her for a walk. Let's put her in the stroller and walk around the neighborhood. Maybe that'll help her. That didn't help her. I got her home and I did the famous baby family. Come on, mom and dad. Look, you know what I mean? You did the, you do the sway and you hope and you pray and you're just bleeding, you know, you're pleading the blood of Jesus on them. You're just like, come on, something happened. This kid has a demon. I don't know what's going on. And I started almost crying a little bit. I walk upstairs and I sit down on, their, on her rocker and I looked at her eyes and she was screaming her head off and I didn't know what else to do. And I, I know this sounds cheesy, all right? This maybe sound like a, a pastor thing to say on Christmas Eve 2020. But if I'm lying, I'm dying. This is exactly what I did. I looked down at her. I took a deep breath. I looked up to the sky and I said, Jesus, help me. I said, Jesus, come on, y'all, you got to get into the mode for a moment. Think about a crazy baby screaming all night. I looked up and I said, on count of three, y'all say it with me. One, two, three. Jesus, help me. Yeah, yeah. And we get to the end of year 2020. That's all we say right now, right? You just walk around. Jesus, help me. Lord, I'm not going to sure I'm making it out of this. And I'm telling you, as soon as I said that, she stopped crying. Now, could have been a coincidence. But I thought it was interesting that the moment that Jesus entered into the situation, peace came. When Isaiah called Jesus the Prince of Peace, speaking in Hebrew, which would have been the original language there, he would have said, Sar Shalom. Sar meaning the one in charge, the captain, the general, the chief, the Lord, the one who has authority, the one who can give you what you're looking for. Shalom meaning contentment rest, wholeness, completeness, like you lacking nothing. It wasn't the absence of conflict. It was just that, man, when you had a shalom of peace that only Jesus could give you, circumstances couldn't take you and take it away from you. So what he was saying when he said Jesus was going to be the Prince of Peace, he was saying Jesus was going to come and he's got ultimate authority in life to hand you the peace that you've tried everywhere else to get. Jack Hayford says it like this. He says, Jesus was both the fulfiller and the fulfillment of all the prophecies that he would come and give to us. He wasn't just the one that was going to hand it to us. It was the one that who had the authority to give it to us because it was him. And so you could be at the end of your rope watching right now online, sitting in here saying, this is it. This was my last chance. With Jesus, we have peace. Isaiah goes on in verse 7, right after verse 6. He says, he's going to be the mighty God and the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He says, then, then, I like what he says. He says, his government, and it's, there it is, and it's peace, it's shalom, will be, will never end. 
Christmas Eve 2020, here's my thesis for today. If you walk away with anything, without Jesus, you will have no peace. But listen, it's good news. With Jesus, your peace will never end. That, that's the good news of Jesus. If this year has been rough for you, Jesus is your answer. If you're in a crisis right now, Jesus is your answer. I know, you, I know you're smart. I know you're going to figure it out. Jesus is your answer. It's not a religion. It's not a church. It's not a pastor. It's not a belief system. Your peace is found in a person and his name is Jesus.